0: This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts, this is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your squirrel, the host, coming to you from the ARN studios, I atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Tuesday, the 29th day of August, 2023. School has started back up everywhere, across the county, across the state, and across the nation. Um, just hard to believe that summer is past. Um, gosh, uh, it seems like it just started. Um supposed to be a, a warm day today. Yeah, we'll... We still got some summer weather, a few weeks of that, probably till the middle of September, and then we'll get some uh, cooler fallish weather until the snow flies in October. I'm not really ready for winter. I'm not really done with summer. Um, yeah, maybe I should become a snowbird and I could go down to Arizona in the winter and enjoy the warm weather. <laughs> oh, squirrel just came out of the tree and landed on the roof above my head. Um, the the tree is right outside this wall. And so right up here is where he lands when he comes out of the tree. And so every day I hear that thump on the roof as the squirrel makes his way to the porch where he will find nuts and seeds awaiting him because we do indeed feed our squirrels. All right, it is... Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble at 7.30 a.m. Mountain Time. And then the podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. Check out all the great curated podcasts that are over there doctrinally sound, worth your time, you'll find something worth listening to, I guarantee it. All right, what do we got coming up today? We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And then it's our study Bible level Bible study resuming. And we are in chapter 16 of Deuteronomy, looking at verses 18 through 21. So not looking at a huge passage today, but, but a, a, a passage that is, that is important nonetheless. Um, so that is our plan for today. Let us begin, as is our habit, our practice, our daily endeavor, with the prayer of confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. daily reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ our um, devotional today is entitled Jesus on God's love to be like the Father therefore you are to be perfect as your Heavenly Father is perfect Matthew 5:48. Dr. MacArthur writes These words embody all the truths Jesus teaches in the Sermon on the Mount. In fact, they are the apex of all he teaches in the Gospels. The ultimate goal of our redemption and the sincere strong yearning of God's heart is for all who would trust in his Son to be like him. The word translated perfect essentially means arriving at An intended end or realizing a completion of something. The word elsewhere in the New Testament is often rendered mature. See 1 Corinthians 2.6, 1 Corinthians 14.20, Ephesians 4.13, etc. But here Jesus clearly intended to convey the meaning of perfection because he is presenting God as the ultimate holy standard for being and doing. It is the criterion of absolute perfection. In our own power such supreme and divine perfection is completely impossible to attain. And if we wonder how our savior can demand the impossible, we simply have to remember his later instructions. With people this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. Matthew 19:26. God always provides the means and the power to accomplish what he commands. Simply because God's righteousness is perfect, it is impossible in human strength to attain it. However, the impossible becomes possible for those of us who trust the Lord Jesus, because God gives to us the very righteousness of Christ. Ask yourself, Are you willing to believe God for the impossible, that you can actually be wise in what is good and innocent in what is evil, Romans 16:19. How could you cooperate with him today in drawing closer to this noble goal? All right, now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. All right, we are in Deuteronomy. We are in chapter 16. As I said, we are looking at verses 18 through 22 today, the very end of the chapter. We have two sections, one is 18 through 20, and then 21 and 22 is a section. Let me begin with 18 through 20. You shall appoint for yourself judges and officers in all your gates of the towns which Yahweh your God is giving you, according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. You shall not distort judgment, you shall not be partial, and you shall not take a bribe, for a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. Righteousness, righteousness you shall pursue, that you may live and possess the land which Yahweh your God is giving you. So this section is dealing with the responsibility of the leaders and judges. Um, Now judging and governing are the same thing. We don't often think about that, especially in our political system here in the United States where we have a division of powers between the branches of government. But remember, the judiciary is still a branch of government. It is judging. Now, in the uh, Old Testament time, The judges were the leaders. They did decide legal cases and legal matters. They also set the direction of a community and did, so it was a, it's, you know, judging has two sides. There's the governing side, which, you know, is to set the standards, and then there's the judging side, which is to punish those who fall short of the standards and reward those who follow the standards. Remember, the purpose of government in God's economy is to punish evildoers and protect and reward the righteous. So that is the purpose of government. Now, when I say protect and reward, you know, a lot of that's just simply praise and you know keep it's not like you get cash rewards or anything, although that certainly can happen from time to time for various reasons but one of the this section deals with the responsibility for righteousness and justice in deciding legal matters and also with you know maintaining a pure worship was also part of their job because worshiping false gods and worshiping the true god in false ways are both legal matters under Israel's law so it would be the judges who would decide if Bob has been worshiping Baal, or if you know Ralph has been dancing around the Asherah pole, which is why we have a thing about Asherah poles and sacred pillars there in verses 21 and 22. We'll get to that in a minute. So this section is talking about the the laws regarding the judges. The town leaders. The 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 judges were, you know, the also I think elsewhere they're called the, the elders of the town, the elders that sit in the gates. These are the judges. It's the same people. So these are the, the, the town leaders in the various towns. It says he Moses tells the people, you shall appoint for yourselves judges and officers in all your gates of the towns which Yahweh your God is giving you according to your tribes, and they shall judge the people with righteous judgment. Now remember, in the wilderness, Moses had appointed leaders at Mount Sinai at the insistence of his father-in-law. His father-in-law says, you're you're way overworked, They're, 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 you know... Working you to death, you need to have some help. Let's appoint, you know, leaders of fifties, tens, hundreds, whatever the, I can't get things in numeric order this morning. But that was, that we, we talked about that when we were back in chapter one of Deuteronomy. Because it's talked about there. That Moses had appointed the, these leaders, these judges, to take care of, the the matters in a more localized fashion so that only things that the judges couldn't deal with would be brought to Moses and so here he's saying that that pattern of having judges over villages and towns is gonna continue because it's needed It's, it's the, you know, you got to have a government. This is, this is something that, that anarchists really don't like (laughs) is government is necessary. Government is appointed by God. Government has a purpose. This is why I, I object to the mantra, taxation is theft, because the support of the legitimate functions of government is a duty of the citizens. So, we are to pay for the legitimate functions of the government. Now, I also believe that at least our government, currently, as currently administered, has exceeded (laughs) in many ways the uh, duties that it should be undertaking and is therefore demanding a much higher tax rate because it's paying for stuff that the government shouldn't be doing anyway but that's a discussion for a Federalist Friday as uh, the, the last few Federalist papers we have been dealing with have been dealing with the powers of taxation of the federal government so but government itself is important and Having judges appointed in the towns and villages to to lead the villages, and remember that the the word judge we think of a judge sitting on a in a courtroom rendering verdicts and and casting sentence upon criminals. That's only one of the duties of the judges in Israel. Now, this is of course prior to the time of the judges, I and mean, you had the 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 judges, you know, um, that you know Gideon and and Samson and all of those folks, they were called by God to lead the nation. And but you notice they're called judges. Judges was a, not just a judicial position, it was a governing position, it was a leadership position. And this is something that we we like I said, it it doesn't we have to think about it because in the American legal system and in the American governmental system, you know, the the judges are not part of the legislature, the judges are not part of the executive. We have separated these powers. But in ancient times they were not separate. And so understand that you had the judges that were appointed in the gates of the city were also the city elders, you know, town council, whatever you want to call it. They ruled the town. And now they were answerable to higher authority, you know, ultimately to God. And later to the king, you know, but even the king was answerable to God. But they have, you know, they they were to govern the cities and says, you know, in every town, according to your tribes so that they shall judge the people with a righteous judgment. Righteousness was so important that we have this section telling them how they are to do that. It says, don't distort justice. Don't, you know, twist things. To your own ends or to the favor of your friends, being impartial was was he says, you know, you shall not be partial. Meaning, if your friend comes before your court because he's accused of breaking some law, the question is, did he break the law? It's not, hey, I gotta be nice to my friend. Same thing with any, you know, I'm not going to, and this is a, a This is a problem that has become exacerbated in many districts in the United States. And this is something that I think is a problem. And it it bugs me every time I hear a, a news story about it. Where you're going to have, you know, let's say there's a business looking at moving into a town and so the government of the town or the state offers the business tax breaks if they will locate to the city or state and I understand ultimately it's gonna be good for the whole economy but you're showing a partiality because you may want the big you know, business to set up in your state. And so you give them the tax breaks. But just down the block is a much smaller scale business that does the same thing that has to pay their full taxes. And that's a partiality. You're being partial to the big business over the small business. This is not good. It should be impartial the tax rate should be the same. So, you know, this is the thing, don't be partial that, and that, that undertakes different aspects. It's not just, you know, I like this guy. I don't like that guy. You know, it can be, well, this big business is going to bring in a lot more money for the community in the long run. So we're going to give them special treatment. No, you gotta be fair to everybody, and that's a that's a key thing that I think we need to to think about. So the next time you say, you know, Amazon's trying to order, bring in a big distribution center, and you hear the county's going to give them tax breaks, you know, on the land or on the you know whatever they're they're doing that they're going to pay lower taxes than they would normally. That's not a good thing. I know it sounds like a good thing. It's bringing in jobs to the community, blah, 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 blah. And that's how it's sold to you. But it's partiality. And you're being encouraged to be partial by these, the you know, the promises that are made. And I've seen it with business after business that are moving into a town or a community that they're offered special tax breaks so that they will relocate to that community. Um, And so that's, that's something, you know, don't be partial. You shall not take a bribe. I, I don't know how much we need to say about this. A government official should not accept money from any party for the purpose of influencing how they decide a matter. And I'm using my words very carefully here, because you know it could be a matter of you know passing a law, or amending a law, or it could be the matter of you know overlooking a crime. There's a wide variety of things. You know, we we I think about some of the things I've seen in books and movies about you know when people received bribes, and you know a lot of it is you know bribing. Uh, a judge or a attorney or some you know, bribing the prosecutor or the police chief or something to get away with a crime. Um, there have been many instances of of large criminal organizations paying off police officers to look the other way, paying off you know judges to rule a certain way in a in a criminal case. We we've seen that throughout history. But there's also the bribe that's paid to the town councilman to approve a zoning change in an area or to the city planning commission to allow the building of a of a building in an area where it would not have previously been allowed. These are, you know, distortions of justice. Because, okay, perhaps the zoning law should be changed, then petition the town council or the planning commission or whoever's in charge of that on the merits of why it should be changed. You don't bribe them to do it. You know, bribery is corruption. And there are, I have, I have read accounts. There are corporations and businesses that do business around the world that often they, they just figure bribes in to their uh, expense of doing business in certain areas, because they know in order to get any business done in this town, state, nation, wherever they're, they are, they have to bribe the officials up and down the line to get everybody on their side to allow them to do business. And it's just considered a cost of doing business. You pay the bribe because that's how you get things done. And that's corruption. (laughs) That's how, that's, that's corruption. That's what that, you know, that's absolutely, you know, government corruption. And, and, you know, we see it throughout history. We see it in current events. Um, God said, don't do that. Don't take a bribe. Because a bribe blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. When you accept a bribe, you're no longer deciding a matter on its merits. You've blinded your eyes to the merits in order to decide the case for the person who paid you you don't listen to the merits. You don't listen to the words of why something should be done a certain way. You simply do it the way you've been paid to do it. And so that is a perversion of justice. Um, And it's, it's not something that God looks at with any kind of approval. Indeed, it's condemned and remember, I don't care if you're the highest office holder in a land, you will answer to God. So that should, you know, that should be figured into your mind when somebody offers you a bribe. Um, you know, don't be bought. And and that, so if you are a government official from the smallest office to the largest office don't take bribes judge righteously judge each matter on its merit don't be bought don't be corrupt you will answer to God for that it is a sin that's what verse 20 says righteousness righteousness you shall pursue that you may live and possess the land which Yahweh your God is giving you so there is this you know pursuit of righteousness. And again the promise given here in the in the Mosaic Covenant is for long life and prosperity in the land. Remember again all of the all of the promises rewards for keeping the Mosaic Covenant were temporal and earthly here and now. So this was a, a a and they were they were temporal and they were uh, conditional. Um, in time, according to the behavior. Now that does not change the moral aspect of this. You know, we are not Israel. We are not under these laws, but we can certainly learn from them. And the fact that God does not like bribes. <laughs> and that that those who are in government positions are not to accept bribes. That is wrong. It's a sin. And and we, we know exactly why it's a sin. It blinds the eyes of the wise and perverts the words of the righteous. And righteousness is God's standard. Old, New Testament, past, present, and future. Righteousness is God's standard. And so this is you know, this is one of those passages that perhaps we ought to, you know, everybody always puts the Ten Commandments up in courthouses and there's been legal fights on that and everything. Maybe we ought to put this one up in every every uh, legislative body across the land from the county commission chambers all the way up to the House and the Senate in Washington. Might be a good reminder for the people. Then we have verses 21 and 22. You shall not plant for yourself an Asherah of any kind of tree beside the altar of Yahweh your God, which you shall make for yourself. And you shall not set up for yourself a sacred pillar, which Yahweh your God hates. So this is referring to Canaanite practices, um, the Canaanite goddess Asherah. Asherah was, as you can imagine, most goddesses are in some degree... A, you know, fertility goddess. And so a a tree was the symbol of her, called an Asherah pole. It was a pole or a tree, an image of a tree that was set up for the worship of Asherah, this Canaanite goddess. And he said, don't put an Asherah pole next to the altar of God. This is second commandment. This is first and second commandment. First commandment is you don't worship any other God but God. The second commandment is you don't worship God through idolatry. So, either way, this is a violation of the Ten Commandments. You know, don't plant for yourself an Asherah tree, an Asherah of any kind of tree, beside the altar of Yahweh your God, which you shall make for yourself. Worship God alone. Don't combine the worship of God with. Um, pagan worship in the land. We, this goes back to chapter fifteen. We talked about all of this in detail about how they were not to follow the the Canaanite gods. Now, why is this in the section on judges? Because it's the judges who enforce this. This is something that you know the judges in a town. Should never have allowed pagan worship to take place in that town, and so you know judge righteously, don't accept a bribe, don't overlook wrongdoing, don't let it slide um, i had a I had a meeting I was supervisor at the supervisor of the security at a lumber mill for many years and to my shame there had been some things that I had let slide I had let guys shirk their duties some of the minor duties that fell their way I had were being shirked and I knew about it and I hadn't stepped in finally I had a meeting with everybody, and I said, "Guys, this is my fault because I let it slide. I've let you guys do some things that that we ought not be doing, or not do some things that we ought to be doing. Um, I'm not nothing major, nothing criminal. It was just you know, not doing the the job the way it should be done. And so I said, okay, you know, I've let some things slide." This meeting, we're putting some gravel on the road, which is something we do around here in icy weather when the roads are slippery so that you don't slide. And I said, I'm putting some gravel on the road. This stuff needs to stop. We're going to correct it. Don't let it slide. A good judge doesn't let things slide. Now, you don't have to be harsh in your correction, you know it depends on what it is is you know I, I believe correction needs to start out gently hey can we do this you know this is not the way I want it done um, and and so this is you know can be handled gently it doesn't have to be you know harsh punishment or something but things shouldn't be allowed to slide so that's partiality you know, a lot of it is is either laziness or, or motivated by I want to be liked. So I'm not going to put my foot down on this because I don't want people to be mad at me. So it's a popularity thing. You know, it, it, so this partiality is an issue. And one of those issues was not to allow pagan worship in the towns. Now, the Asherah pole was the worship of the goddess. The stone pillar, the sacred pillar that it says here, you shall not set up for yourself a sacred pillar, which Yahweh your God hates, was a common practice to set up a fertility symbol that resembled or represented a male sexual organ that was a common practice and and you actually you see this in in Greek uh, statuary Um, this was a practice common in the ancient world and in our modern post-christian context it's coming back honestly it's kind of kind of weird Um, But so this male fertility symbol was also a prevalent thing in the Canaanite religion. And these things, they're forbidden by the first two commandments. And they are to be enforced by the judges in the towns and the cities where they are. All right, well that's enough about that. We are going to leave Deuteronomy until tomorrow. We will start chapter 17. Some interesting stuff there to look at. Now let us recite our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Now the colic for the thirteenth Sunday after Pentecost. Let your continual mercy, O Lord, cleanse and defend your church. And because it cannot continue in safety without your help, protect and govern it always by your goodness. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God forever and ever. Amen. The Collect for Peace O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversary. Through the might of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. And now the colic for the unrepentant. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit, a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven, given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home, and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever, through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, that is Squirrel Chatter for this Tuesday, the 29th day of August. I hope you have the best of Tuesdays ahead. Make sure you do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not to do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.